This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's our toll-free number. You can also hit us up on Discord, discord.lrn.fm. All you got to do is load the Discord client on your smartphone, your laptop, whatever device you like. Use your high-speed internet connection, a decent microphone, and you will sound like you are sitting right here in the studio with myself. My name is Chris. We're also joined in studio by... The artist soon to be known as nobody. And? And Chris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, nor- the, the artist formerly known. I don't even know if I should give your name out tonight. Uh, yeah, we we're can just, just call me nobody. We're going to go with nobody. All right. So the artist <laughs> formerly known as nobody, who is not joining us in studio, but hopefully will be back soon, will be uh, our one of our other hosts, Mark Edge. Mark ran into some difficulties. Did he ever? <laughs> Did he ever? Um, as many listeners may know, Mark and and Ian have been taking a, a bit of a sabbatical. They took a little trip to Japan uh, to see a, a friend of the show and to spend some time over there. And Mark was denied entry into what do you call it? I want to say the Hermit Kingdom because I was that would just be perfect if they were on their way. I was to thinking, North Korea. I was thinking the Empire, the Empire, yeah, the, the Empire, Empire. Yeah. yeah, I think that yeah. that kind of went went its own way. Went the uh, way of the dinosaur. Yeah, the Shogun said, "No <laughs> Japan for you." No. <laughs> uh, but as many listeners of the show know, Mark does have uh, has had some problems with the law in the past, uh, to put it mildly. And, and the law has had some problems with him. Yeah, and because of <laughs> yeah. that, he was denied entry. And it, it was, it's been a while. It's been uh, 20, 30, well, 30 years since it was uh, the issue uh, for, yeah came up. So Yeah, and, you know? and it was not a small issue, not a minor issue. It's, it was... It wasn't, uh, it sounded like, I mean, from the sounds of it, it went from being less of an issue to more of an issue after somebody got their, you know, uh, <laughs> panties in a wind or however that uh, expression is. <laughs> however you want to put yeah. it. Um, Mark was party to a very serious crime, to the most serious of crimes, when he was much younger. Yeah, he was um, 17, I think, was Yes, he? and he, he was uh, charged, found guilty, and did his time. And, he did. And... This is when I think of words like, you know, rehabilitation and redemption and Hmm. and entering society again, because how long should a felony follow someone? Assuming that they've turned themselves around. And I think for a lot of people that are sort of stuck in this system and I mean, the criminal justice system, I don't know if um, our founders really believed that it was going to be. Even if you've done your time, even if you've served, you know, paid back society for whatever crime society alleges you of of doing, that you would be marked for life. It, you know, it's interesting. It was actually worse under the British Empire, uh, or it was it was it, in some respects it was better because under the British Empire, people were very rarely convicted. It was something like one in ten, um, and not anymore. Now it's like ninety seven percent get convicted and those who don't plead guilty uh you know it's like 80 percent. i'm sorry 97 percent plead guilty and then it's like 80 at the federal level anyway it's like 80 percent that don't plead guilty get convicted anyway interesting mm. and now uh this is something district attorneys um this is a campaign slogan for them 
Yeah. I, I prosecuted 97% of my cases were found guilty, regardless of what we had to do yeah, to make sure you, they were it's guilty. It's how you climb the political ladder. It seems like sure. we should be able to change the way that people listen to that. So when somebody says 97% of my cases ended in conviction, what they're saying is I'm corrupt and I don't mind convicting innocent people right because you can't yeah. there's no way 97 percent of those people were guilty no well, of course not right with, they manipulate with... the circumstances to make it sound like something's worse than it is and if uh you know you don't cooperate then uh you know they throw even more charges on and they stack the charges to begin with so yeah i mean it's basically you know you're you're forced to plead guilty because nobody wants to spend the rest of their life in prison right so. and nobody also wants to um spend tens of thousands of dollars to defend themselves, unfortunately, over something that they could probably beat. Yeah, but well, but the poor. I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, eighty percent of the people get found guilty anyway. So I don't even know that. You, even if you defend yourself, you're still probably going to get found guilty, even right. if you're innocent. Is this? I had more than one um, attorney advise me to plead guilty to a felony for being a felon in possession of a garden implement when I was arrested for having a uh, a machete. Right. You know. Yeah, it doesn't and surprise me. That's um that's pretty frightening because that's not illegal in New Hampshire and I beat that case. Right. By just demanding a probable cause hearing and forcing the district attorney to look at the evidence. Right. Mm. At oh. which point they said, "Oh, it's a machete. That's not illegal. I think we're going to drop this case." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's sad and it's sad when people get caught up in that and, you know, I I have I have no mercy for a a felon of a violent crime, you know, mm-hmm. where there's an actual, a real criminal. Well, the mercy I would you give him is take him out behind a barn and shoot him. Uh, right. Better than going to jail. Um, yeah. And, and I say that as somebody who's been to jail, not because it's more harsh, but because it's kinder just to take somebody out and shoot them than to give them as lengthy a jail sentence as would be meaningful to answer homicide. Right. You right. know? Yeah. It's a shame. 855-450 free. So that's why, uh, well, Mark wouldn't be here normally tonight anyway. Um, but I know a lot of our listeners were bringing up questions about what happened with Mark? What happened with this trip? And, uh, but that's what's going on. I think Mark will be in studio tomorrow night. Uh, I believe so. And if he's uh, jet lagged uh, to hell and back after spending basically 36, 72 hours straight in international yes. air travel, <laughs> long enough to turn around and come back home, uh, I would certainly understand if he might need a day off. Yeah. Um, but we'll see how that goes. Um, I talked to him. He was laid over in San Francisco, or excuse me. Uh, Salt Lake City, which is not that far uh, air travel-wise from Denver, and I'm uh, guessing that a lot of people are going to be going to Denver. So that may hmm. be a busy airport because what, what, what? Denver, first in U.S. to decriminalize psychedelic mushrooms. <laughs> wow. Hey, Mark, bro, pick me some up while you're laying over. If you got to lay over in there. So it's kind of interesting. They're, they're not doing... Uh, well, we'll get into this because it explains what's going on. Psilocybin possession would remain illegal, but would become police's, quote, lowest law enforcement priority. Denver, 
Denver, this comes to us from the Denver Post, by the way, Denver is poised to become the first city in the nation to effectively decriminalize psychedelic mushrooms. After closing an early vote deficit Tuesday night and early Wednesday, final unofficial results posted late in the afternoon showed a reversal of fortune with Initiative 301 set to pass narrowly with a 50.6% of the vote. The total stands at 89,320 votes in favor and 87,341 against, a margin of 1,979, and that's on this uh, ballot initiative. The Denver Elections Division will continue accepting military and overseas ballots, but typically those numbers are small. Results will be certified by May 16th. Quote, it's been one hell of a 21 and a half hours, unquote. Initiative 301 campaign manager Kevin Matthews said, quote, if these results hold, this is an example of the absurd, absurd comedy of the great metaphor. Against all odds, we prevailed. This is what happens when a small team of dedicated and passionate people unite under a single idea to create change, unquote. Denver's vote has attracted national attention while efforts are afoot to get psilocybin-related measures on the ballot in California and Oregon in 2020, Denver hosted the first-ever U.S. popular vote on the matter, according to organizers. An earlier effort in California last year failed to qualify for the ballot. Hmm. Though Initiative 301 attracted no organized opposition, critics of Colorado's legalization of marijuana lamented the prospect of Denver blazing yet another trail they see as misguided and potentially harmful. 855-450-FREE. What do you think? How about it? How should police... Quit busting people for plants that they can put into their own bodies. Let us know. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE. That's our number. We'd love to hear from you. And, and what I love about Free Talk Live, this is why I listened to the show before I became a host. It's truly open phones. If you want to call on any subject you like, call. Give us a ring. Let let other people know what you think. We may not agree with you. No promises there. Uh, but we promise we'll give you a fair shake, and uh, then we, we might have a discussion. This country needs more good discussions whether people agree or disagree in studio it's myself chris rich paul and chris too you mean nobody that's right gosh see now <laughs> now when i've got up dave rich on his own nom de gour uh well it's, it's nobody true. remembers that kind of thing nobody does remember that should we explain or no? We're just going to let that one go. We've been talking Denver. Denver being the first in the U.S., first city uh, to decriminalize psychedelic mushrooms. And they had a ballot initiative that looks like it's won by a very narrow margin. Uh, and and that's kind of a good thing, I think. Um, I think most of these things should be decriminalized. And uh, Most? Well, I'm trying to think what I would not decriminalize. Now I've I got actually, no, I've I got actually found a word I like better than decriminalize. Now. Please deregulate. Well, deregulate is to me the ultimate goal. When we talk mm-hmm. about decriminalization, that just says, "Well, we're not going to arrest you for it." So here's an interesting question, though: Is it when it's criminalized, is it regulated? You're basically picking between regulation and criminalization. I think. 
Um, well, criminalization is the harshest, most aromatic form of regulation. <laughs> yeah, that might be true. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, basically, what's the purpose of the war on drugs? It's to regulate competitors to big pharma out of the market and to regulate competitors to big brewing out of the market so we do hear that a lot here i i think we're also missing the uh let me impose my morality on you that is part of it too that's true that's you know true I mean? there there's there's some there's some jesusy hate mixed in there um, i'm not gonna call it jesus okay I'll, i will say uh, there's some loving hate mixed in there <laughs> no, let's I, put I, it this way i was gonna say there's a, a hatred for for people to be free coming from lots of major religions they hate us for our freedom <laughs> <laughs> Where have I heard that before? Uh, in the case of Denver, like I said, this uh, ballot initiative appears to have won by a narrow margin. And it basically, it's the first time that any ballot uh, has six, or any ballot measure regarding psilocybin, that is uh, the active psychotropic uh, ingredient of hallucinogenic mushrooms. Um, and it just basically says, as this article points out, the measure essentially tells police... <coughs> to look the other way on adult psilocybin use. I think hmm. it's important to note there that they mention adult psilocybin use and and they don't expand on that. I, it, we're going to try to pull up the actual law. It, it always amazes mm. me that they actually continue to target children. Children when they you know regulate um for adults. Right. It's like yeah. you're gonna you're gonna punish children more harshly than you would do adults. Does that make any sense to anybody? Well, the the thing that makes sense to me, if anything, would be punishing adults who pass it to children, um, as opposed to. And I don't know how this law is written. If they're actually saying that we're not going to sense. arrest adults for this, but we're going to arrest kids for this well, this is exactly what they're saying i would ask the parents to, to to ask themselves how much they want their kids to be arrested i mean it's right. better than arresting everybody for it but uh it seems to be it's uh, discriminatory and in a very terrible way too like right well but that that is how they are with alcohol isn't it yeah i mean there's all sorts of things that we like punish kids for that adults can do legally and that just seems messed up mm -hmm. like <laughs> Police are way more dangerous than alcohol. How many people die of alcohol poisoning in America compared to police poisoning? A fair number, but know. I'm willing to bet that police uh, death death by cop is probably higher. Yeah, and uh, and the death by marijuana uh, death by overdose of marijuana. I did see. Uh, as of last week, actually... Error, division by zero. No, it sur surpassed <laughs> death by people uh, being gored by unicorns. So that was, uh, I thought, a fundamental... <laughs> by how much? So zero. So still, <laughs> zero. still zero. Uh, okay, so it's matched it. That's funny. It, it has matched it. Yeah. Uh, so I'll say zero plus. No, I couldn't even do that. Um, it's on par. But we're going to dig up that. Uh, we're going to dig up what was actually passed because I don't know if they actually even passed a law. I think this is directing the the. My guess is based on the wording of this article that they're directing the chief of police for Denver just 
Just look the other way. Yeah, you know, I have to wonder, like, what what does this actually mean in practice? I mean, if you're, you know, I don't know, doing mushrooms on your on your porch, are they supposed to? Are they actually supposed to ignore it, or is it just supposed to be ignored if there's some other crime going on across the street involving <laughs> something else? Like, I don't know, what else is illegal that might be very insignificant? Um, Anything, I mean, basically. marijuana. Oh, that's right. We're talking uh, Denver. Yeah, um, I mean. Uh, but Denver has laws against public use. Oh, uh, I, I guess. Okay. What about like smoking, like in 25 feet of a building? I mean, would they right. have to go after that? If, I'm assuming I don't, there probably isn't a law, but assuming there is a law there about that, would they have to go after that yeah. ahead of the guy who's doing the... Well, I'm sorry, but how do you identify someone on mushrooms? Based on my experience, it's know. someone who's laughing their butt off and uh, maybe dressing up like their father at a baseball game. Uh, well, those are things I've seen. Yeah, people I mean, do while they're on mushrooms. I'm, I'm assuming that this like is their like father at a baseball game. It's the damnedest thing, Rich. I'll tell you about. I'm it assuming like time. that these people okay. are doing mushrooms in public or somewhere around cops. Like if you started doing that, and there's like two different. I mean, is that how this is supposed to work? I don't know. Um, what well, I they're do gonna know, have a hard time telling what you're eating. Also, I mean, if you're just sitting yeah, there shoveling, I guess. are they really going to look closely enough to? I mean, see how do that, they currently the, oh, bust those people are for potato mushrooms. chips? Those are mushrooms. That's not a portobello. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's, yeah, it's it kind of craziness. Like a portobello right, to me. You're right to bring up the question of how are you going to? How were you ever going to enforce the existing laws that are on the books? And mm-hmm. you know that that is the insanity of this war on drugs. So much of it not only makes no sense and is counterproductive, but it's so much of it is just unenforceable. Mm. So you've got these obscure, you know, we had a story that we read last night about a grand, I started to say grandmother, great-grandmother who was arrested Great in Disney World by a local sheriff for possession of CBD oil. Oh, right, yeah. Which wow. is technically illegal yeah, I read about that in story. Florida, despite the fact that you could walk into any gas station and probably buy a bottle of CBD oil. How can you say she's a great grandmother? She broke the law. She's a bad grandmother. Uh, it's she was pretty old, insane. too. She was like 69, wasn't she? 69. Easy, dude. Yeah, I mean, Don't like... call that so old. All right? <laughs> sorry. Sorry old. there, uh, that's all right. that's Chris. All right. That's okay, father time. Um, but yeah, that's that's the insanity of this stuff. And again, who is the victim? If someone is doing mushrooms, are they creating an actual victim, which is part of the definition of a crime? 855-453. What do you think? Should Is Denver taking the right approach? Are they just saying, you know, just ignore it? Or should they go further? Should I think they, they should just eliminate say, it. Just, just let, them, uh, let them do what they want. 855-453. This is Free Talk Live. I want to tell you about my favorite cryptocurrency wallet, Edge Wallet at edge.app. Edge is the wallet I use more than any other, and that was true long before Edge Wallet became a sponsor of Free Talk Live. Edge Wallet allows you to buy, sell, trade, and securely hold your cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, tokens, Monero, Ripple, Dash, Bitcoin Cash, and more. It's available for both Android and iOS, and you can download it via the Play or App Store or via Edge Wallet's website, edge.app. Secure your freedom with Edge Wallet. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's our toll-free number. That means you can pick up the phone, give us a call, get whatever is on your mind off your chest, and do it for free. And we like freedom. 
And we like words that start with free. Like, no free lunch, but free talk live. Did that work? I guess. That no, didn't work. That didn't work. All right. I'm a little punchy, uh, but that's all right. We've been talking about Denver. And Denver, which has taken this first important step, I think, and it looks like they're basically telling their police to look the other way on adult psilocybin use. This story from the Denver Post continues, quote, we'll see what the final numbers are, but we're a little stunned to see a 7,000 vote flip overnight on that, unquote, said Jeff Hunt, director of Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University, who initially questioned on Twitter whether vote tampering was involved, quote, We'll continue to fight the growing drug culture. Denver's becoming the illicit drug capital of the world. The larger issue here is not good for our city, unquote. Chris Wade, what do you think? I don't know. I think that's, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't think I would, I would say I agree with that. I, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I don't necessarily know that more drug use is necessarily better, but at least from an economic perspective, it's certainly better. Right. Um, and I guess it would depend on, you know, how people are using it and what they're using. More better, more drug use isn't factors. always better from an economic uh, standpoint. It is expensive. True. Um, Personally, it, it can be. <laughs> um, but, you know, and there are. But legal drugs are better. I think it's better from a freedom perspective for sure. And I certainly yes, think the absolutely. freedom perspective outweighs any other. So it's a definitely yeah. a thing in a, the, the right direction basically right and there are also practical reasons even for heroin why should heroin be legal well heroin oh, yeah. should be legal because sometimes people break their their legs and their arms and if what you need is a painkiller you you know what you need you need a painkiller you should be <laughs> able to go down to the store and buy one without bothering a doctor and that becomes essential because if you took away a lot of unnecessary doctor visits, it would get cheaper to see a doctor. Right. So the war on drugs produces and, and you know, mandatory prescriptions are all about the war on drugs. They're all about the, the, the governmental terror that somewhere, somebody somewhere might take something into their bloodstream and feel good for a minute right but to be clear the the war on drugs that isn't when the real war on drugs began uh, to me i i look back at the you know pre-1800s when we when basically uh physicians doctors whatever they wanted to call themselves barbers uh took it upon themselves to treat people to help people out that was their occupation was mm -hmm. to make them well again uh, and they didn't have all the technology that we do now. Um, but then we had the beginning of the progressive era in the late uh, 1800s and early 1900s. You know, the, the Teddy Roosevelt years, the Woodrow Wilson years, where suddenly those two guys decided that, you know what, what this world needs is much more regulation, much more big government, more central planning, everything mm -hmm. we can. And, and I bring those two up because one's a Democrat and one's a Republican, but they still stood for a progressive government and this is what they wanted so the first attempts to regulate drugs at the federal level were done you know by these guys regulation yeah. tends to be uh the redistribution of uh you know economic prosperity to a certain group of individuals 
um, that's that's basically what it does, and it's it's an effect in it's the intent in most cases. Um, it may be that they're saying, uh, for example, um, healthcare. You know, uh, they, it's basically forcing you to purchase health insurance, and uh, that basically, you know somebody else profits off of that you know the argument is oh yeah. it's you know it's it's for the it's for the it's for the people but the reality is sometimes it's more important to have food in your stomach and like not die of starvation or have a roof over your head than it is to have health insurance that's and they take the th- that right away they take that decision away from you that's one of the things that i really looked into when i was in uh manchester because one of the things that i uh, made it a point of doing is actually getting to know some addicts on a personal level and know what they did and uh and it was uh it was very in- enlightening you know a lot of these things are uh like you know i calculated out uh based on estimates and what i observed what one of the uh what one of the pr- young prostitutes i knew made and she was making like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year right wow yeah that's pretty good that's pretty good if she but she was homeless when i met her and she was homeless until i actually let her come stay with me for a while and uh you know not as my girlfriend she was still so, continuing so to was, work i just i just took her in for she a had while. a drug problem and she was blowing that all on drugs basically well she was but when you think about it there's no reason that a dose of heroin should be more expensive than a dose of aspirin so let's say that it is 10 times as expensive well, hold on, as a, hold dose on, hold on. Of a dose of aspirin is overpriced too so well yeah <laughs> but there's but nonetheless there's no reason uh without getting in that's that's a rabbit trail there's no yeah. reason that heroin should that a dose of heroin should cost twenty dollars when a dose of aspirin costs even if a dose of aspirin costs 50 cents and you can get it cheaper than that yeah now if well, I'm, I'm gonna it, stop right here and say that i don't advocate setting a price for anything let the market do it the market right. would do these things well, the market the price would fall because there is nobody preventing delivery of the product if right. you have to produce a hundred grams for every gram that gets gets uh, so delivered. It, it, then you're... you know what people fail to realize is that the free market would have would result in uh, yeah. lower quality products potentially, yeah. but you also have competition, so you would also have higher quality products as well. Exactly, and that's an important distinction. Yeah, and it's up to you to make the decision of do you want the thing that might kill me, or do you want the thing you know that is not going to kill me? And right, it's yeah, and the it's thing your choice. Is, addiction is a lot less likely to kill you. I would say. And and this may seem paradoxical. I would say addiction is less likely to kill you if you can get your drug of choice at a dollar a dose than if you can get your drug than if your drug well, of choice costs a hundred dollars. And here, a dose. here's the thing: in a deregulated market, you would know what you're getting. Okay, right. you don't know what you're getting when you're buying drugs off the street because there's nobody. Uh, you know, it's interesting because even even they they uh, one of the ways they smuggle some and I for, I forget what exactly what the the drug is particular, but the what one of the ways they struggle certain types smuggle certain types of drugs is by concentrating it, and yes. then the, the people who uh, you know receive the drugs, okay, the drug dealers, they don't actually have the tools to. Uh, measure the dosage. Unconcentrated. So, right, right. Unconcentrate and measure the dosage accurately. So Dilute. you end up with uh, overdosing. And it's it's one of the... it's I know in the UK and a bunch of other places, it's one of the major problems that they're currently encountering. And I think that's a replacement that's, for heroin. That's maybe? not quite how it plays out in the market. The way it plays out in the market is uh, the purity of what you get 
depends on on two things. The first is the number of steps you are from the source, and the second is the level of integrity of each of those steps. Yeah, um, but this is a specific case, not your more general case with other types of drugs. So I would, okay. I would agree, but I'm, I'm I'm thinking of one particular case. I wish I could remember the drugs. Does anybody know what I'm talking I about? I wish you could too, because I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's something that people, it's kind of replaced heroin because it's easier fentanyl. to smuggle. Yeah, fentanyl, that's it. Okay, yeah. yeah. And there's a, oh, new, uh, there's a new, much more powerful uh, opiate that's soon to hit the markets, which is supposedly a hundred or a thousand times as powerful as fentanyl. Um, Yikes. This is being you know produced for... Um, by, by a major drug company. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's going to be well, the thing basically it's cheaper. With, it's cheaper to buy the fentanyl, I guess, than the heroin yeah. or something to that effect. So it so, is cheaper because you can more get risky it uh, shipped in from China in large quantities. Yep. Um, and the other thing is, people are now knowingly buying fentanyl, which is actually an improvement because if they knowingly buy fentanyl and they know what it is, they know how to dose it. We would hope they know how to dose it, and that's that's the big question. I, mean, I think the the free mar- or the, well, the regulated markets undermining that. that though. What do you think? We're talking about drugs. What do you think? Should drugs be legal? Should they be regulated? Those are our two of our choices. We want to hear from you, 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. It's our toll-free number. You can call us up for free and give us a piece of your mind. You worried? You worried that you're a Democrat and you're not sure if this if this audience is all Republicans or vice versa? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Um, we're... I would say mostly of a libertarian bent here, uh, but we like to hear from people of all walks of life and of all stripes. So don't be afraid of offending us. We'll give you a fair shake, and then we may offer some alternatives that you may not have thought of. Uh, In studio, we have myself, Chris. Nobody. And Chris, too. Chris, Jesus, this is this is the problem, isn't it? We just have these. We have too many Chris's. Should I use my last name instead? You could go by Wade. I could. I mean that that's a really good idea. That also would work. I could go by Eugene, which would be my middle name, which is atrocious. No offense to my father, uh, but Eugene, I I just immediately think of a movie character. I'm not even sure which one, but this movie character in my mind is not too bright. I really? Say, well, yeah. Eugene. See, most, I would say most of the Eugenes that I know probably go by Gene. My father did. Yeah. Because Eugene, well, technically it is my last name, but excuse me, my middle name. Uh, I was going to say, that's the, awkward. <laughs> the only time I ever really heard it was when my mother was very upset with me, <laughs> and that's when I would hear Eugene uh, we are going to go to the phone. Did she do the whole thing? Did she say, Chris, Eugene, Eugene? It was Christopher, Eugene. Yes. Christopher, Eugene, Eugene. <laughs> Christopher, Eugene, Reitman. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I get the whole thing. Uh, we're going to go to the phones <laughs> where we've got Sarah in Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, um, I heard uh, on the computer that uh, the Smurfs... Uh, Did you get a computer? Hold on, this could be Not breaking yet. news. Um, when news breaks, well, I mean, we fix uh, it. Did I hear that correctly? Wait a minute, uh, I heard on the the computer that yeah. a while ago. Okay, that, well, we're, you know, we're, the Smurf, 
we're a bit stumped here. Yeah. You have a computer now? What computer did you buy? I want to know all about it. No, 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 no. This is what I was uh, heard like 20 years ago. You know, because uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> show, I, I mean, you heard this 20 was, years uh, ago and you waited till now to tell us. <laughs> I know. What's um? So was this like an uh, Apple II or something? Apple IIe was a lot more than 20 years ago. Yeah, that's true. I want to get to the important thing. Sarah, you are talking about Smurfs. Maybe this was like a compact. Smurfs? Tell us about Smurfs. Well, it was uh, actually, I was told that it was created by the Russians to uh, indoctrinate. The Smurfs were created uh, by the Russians? Well, that's why this is this is uh, that's why it's there. That's why I'm bringing it up. They the were... Smurfs were actually created by the Russians to affect the American children to um, to have communist values. What does that's this have Smurfy. to do? I just want to know what this has to do with Trump. No, I mean, but I'm saying that was Trump well, also was... created by the Russians to instill communist values in America? Is that what you're alleging? When you say Smurf, no. do you secretly mean Trump? So Smurf, well, I mean, you know, you know the the you know the brainy Smurf, the one that was arguing, fighting, and arguing. That one, I never he watched was actually, the show. Um, Trotsky. He was actually um, for uh, Trotsky. Technically, he was always arguing and having fights with every the whole group. Right there, the Smurfs. Smurf. We did wow. know. Wow, this is well, wow. I mean, I, I'm, I'm bringing it up because, and then one of them was actually a Stalin, a, a, a Stalin character. But I wonder what communist values that they were doing. I never, I never really like like you. I never watched or followed the the plot. I wonder if you're teaching the children to share and to share alike. So, Sarah, I, are you are, are you a communist? Yes, I am a communist. Huh? Card carrying, or are you just feel have you spirit, watched spiritually? Uh, have you watched the Smurfs? Have you have you studied the genre as an adult? No, no but the thing is, I used to watch Smurf as a kid. You know what I mean, like a nine year old or thirteen year old. But I never, I never. Kate, I think, but I remember Do you Smurf, think that the Smurfs a- made you a communist? No, but what Could I'm it is be that, that your the- your mind was washed by the by the commies, and that's how well, you man, ended I'm- up believing what you believe? You do have some no, seriously it- socialist tendencies and things you, you bring do, up. You do this trust for authority, like. Papa Smurf would never do wrong. So like whenever you look at a at a at a at a president, is it is it Papa Smurf? I don't understand how anybody well, I, can support genocide, Sarah. Smurf, I mean I what really... What is with... Oh my god, she's she, is she saying we should kill the Smurfs? No, what I'm saying <laughs> is that the 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 Russians have always been here <laughs> trying to indoctrinate communist value in america in a very subtle way that's what i'm bringing up and your support the communist that. party has always been and your evidence has- of that perhaps being a smurf watcher turned commie perhaps a smurf herself so maybe it works who doesn't know that there are commie messages in the smurfs that's the definition well, the of thing- subliminal programming isn't it well that 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 is exactly the point. They wanna they wanna get the children. I I'm not even aware of any other story plot except Papa Smurf and the the woman Smurf 
the, the female Smurf, the, the, and then the, the brainy Smurf, the one that was fighting and arguing all the, the time. The Trotsky. But you're right. You know what? I, I bet what you're saying is right. Unconsciously, subliminally, oh, they were indoctrinating me. <laughs> Did you say, wait, I yeah. think you're putting on your sunglasses, sweetheart. Did you say uncautiously you're, or subconsciously? You're waking up. Okay, okay, okay. They're trying to reach three-year-olds, five-year-olds, kids in diapers. It's it's subliminal, uh-huh. you know, and so on. so I'm thinking I don't remember any of the pop plot but except you... they were all getting along and then they were all cooperating. And That's you... one thing that I do remember. And hence but you I, I mean... you became a communist after all this, uh, Sarah. Thank you for your call. Wow. This, there may be some truth to this. Do you think that the Smurfs were put here to indoctrinate a free country, sort of, almost at that point? Uh, into the ways of communism. I think that uh, that the Smurfs were away, uh, were were on the road, and I think that Hollywood in general was taken over by socialists and communists. And if you look at the themes of movies, and people have been saying this for decades, they by have, the way, back since McCarthy. If you since McCarthy, since before McCarthy, the thing is, McCarthy is another one of those cases where his methods were wrong. They violated the First Amendment, certainly, but they didn't save him, even though his ideas were right. He was absolutely right that communism was a menace. He was absolutely right, right that we were being indoctrinated, and it's just. And it's not just the uh, just the cartoons; it's the schools. Well, the oh, yeah. schools are yeah. full of socialists. No, no argument it's, there. It's where the it's where communism started in America. It's with the public schools. I mean, that's what was one of the early. And things that's that not happened. an accident. No, I don't think so. No, certainly, certainly by design. But the the problem with McCarthy um, and the the idea that we're going to root out everything is your net becomes broader and broader, and your definition becomes broader and broader until people who don't meet the original definition of what you were going after, uh, it mm-hmm. starts to be that everybody looks a little red. That well, was the part that, that there's, disturbed there's me. A lot of, there's a lot of problems there. First off, it should be very easy to identify the communists in your society because they should be unafraid to stand outside, raise their fists and say, I'm a communist, and if you don't like it, move to Somalia. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> they should be able to say that without, f- f- you without know, fearing fear. any, yep. you know, involuntary aerial tours. Um, <laughs> and so it's, uh, and I say that even in a even in a capitalist society, you should be free to say anything. You just shouldn't. We, I mean, we should. not um, That doesn't enforce tolerance. And that doesn't mean that there may not be repercussions for what you well, say. Well, tolerance and acceptance are two things, okay? Tolerance is if you're irritating me and I don't, like, punch you in the nose, I've tolerated that that irritation. That's but that doesn't mean that I've accepted it. Sure. I may have sat there and yelled at you for irritating me, but if I didn't punch you in the nose, I've still tolerated it. So the nose punches um, the decision. So, yeah, the, the <laughs> difference between tolerance and acceptance is acceptance, you think it's okay, and tolerance, you're just not doing anything about it right now. Intriguing. 855-450 free. What do you think? Uh, this whole conversation started about legalization of drugs, and we've got some calls who callers who want to discuss that. 
And I want to discuss it more because I think there is a liberty aspect of this that a lot of people ignore. This is Free Talk Live. Don't you hate that feeling in the pit of your stomach when the police pull you over? Most people have no idea how to handle it properly, and they promptly get fed into the municipal fee-generating meat grinder. Or maybe you recall that feeling you get when you go to the mailbox and see one or more letters from the IRS. You get a sense of impending doom, don't you? So let me ask you, if you could learn how to use the law to beat the IRS, traffic tickets, almost any courtroom scenario, collectors, credit card debt, and even mortgage debt because of fraud perpetrated against you, would that be worth knowing about? Don't laugh. Investigate. Check out the life-changing benefits of the Lighthouse Law Club at their website, lighthouselaw.club. That's lighthouselaw.club. And while you're at it, visit the Lighthouse Law Club YouTube channel. You might be in for a pleasant surprise. talk live back for hour number two we do three hours every night 365 days a year which i think is pretty cool how many men can say that exactly three (laughs) hours a day 365 days a year well i'm one of those guys that can say that uh but unfortunately unfortunately for me because i love doing the show it's not me every night we've got a whole collection of hosts and co-hosts who filter through these three chairs and uh, offer their points of view and their aspects. One thing I did want to tell you about, though, is Bitcoin.com. Bitcoin.com is your premier source for everything Bitcoin Cash related. Bitcoin.com can help you choose a Bitcoin Cash wallet, buy Bitcoin Cash, and show you where you can spend your Bitcoin Cash. You can read your latest news or engage with the community on the forums, learn more, about it at bitcoin.com that's bitcoin.com and uh the first hour we we discussed this this apparent win for freedom in denver where they have sort of decriminalized the use of psychedelic uh, mushrooms psilocybin and they've basically told their police and we're going to get the details on that maybe we can discuss it uh here a little bit later Um, But they have told their police to just leave them alone. And we discussed how how does one tell that someone's on mushrooms? Uh, How does one tell that someone is using them or is carrying them or anything else? It just makes little sense. Um, But we're going to go to the phones because we have somebody who is interested in proposing a counter argument to drug legalization. Listening on TuneIn, we have Matthew from Louisiana Matthew, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? So, the argument I always hear about the legalization of all drugs, uh, the counter-argument, is that it will cause what you see in Seattle, which if you know anything about the situation in Seattle, it's basically a disaster. It makes it is What's a cesspool. Well, the only question about Seattle with respect to the war on drugs, though, is did the war on drugs cause Seattle to become like that, or did the war on drugs fail to prevent it? Because it did one of the, one of the two. So that's not an argument against legalization. Well, the thing is, I don't think that they enforce the war on drugs very well in Seattle. It's hard for me to 
I was watching this one-hour-long YouTube thing about that, and basically, people are afraid that if you legalize heroin, you're going to have a society full of homeless heroin addicts. Kind of of like Switzerland has, right? The problem is heroin. Hold on, hold on. Okay, that's a Switzerland's a great example. So Switzerland basically has completely decriminalized the use of heroin. They have opened up their healthcare system to treating addicts, and as a result, addiction has dropped. And last I checked, unless you guys know something I don't know, uh, Switzerland's still a pretty nice place to visit, a lot nicer than downtown Seattle. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, any place is better than downtown Seattle. So, but, so how long has Switzerland had the uh, decriminalization of all, all drugs? Well, I, mm-hmm. I think in specifically, I'm, I'm only going to speak to heroin. That's something that uh, Switzerland did. Okay. Um, but the point being is... It was is, Portugal that decriminalized all drugs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and and oh, again... Right. And, por- and there's no point talking about Portugal as an economic model because their economy has been toast forever. Right. But the well, one, they're the socialists. Things, their economy will forever be toast. The things that they yeah. do have going for them are lower uh, drug usage among the young. Uh, so, so this thing that everybody was scared would happen... My God, children are going to start doing drugs. That never happened. Uh, addiction rates okay. would skyrocket. That never happened. Uh, and overall, crime has gone down because they've really robbed a black market of of their ability to uh, to use violence and things like that. So it, it's okay. So who pays for the who pays? For the addiction treatment that is issued by the Swiss, you, you do care. understand that it's cheaper not to actually pay for the addiction uh, treatments than it is to lock people in jail, right? Like, it, it, you're you're better off going after treatment if you're like I'm not in favor of paying for any of it, but it's so much cheaper to pay for treatment than it is uh, for, as a society as a whole than it is to pay to lock them up. I mean, and, it's just, there's a yeah. TED talk that you need to listen to, bro. It's called. Everything that you think you know about addiction is wrong, and that's okay. the. Uh, have Have you ever uh, Have you ever experienced the? Uh, have Have you ever encountered the uh, rat experiments that started the war on drugs? Do you know how how this all started? No, I, it, I, I have not. Not I do know that there was a lot of brigading by the progressive news media. Back in the day, uh, and well, the progressive news media progressed us right into the drug war. They had a hand in it, but the rat experiments that that Rich is referring to, uh, is this the happy rats and the sad rats you're referring to? Uh, Yeah, basically, they took a bunch of rats, they locked them up in. I'll I'll do the exposition for the for the radio audience because not everybody knows. Uh, They they took the uh, they took rats. They locked them in cages, and they uh, gave them a water bottle and a second water bottle that also had heroin or cocaine in it. And the rats invariably used the heroin and cocaine until they died. Um, And people said, oh, my God, if you give people heroin or cocaine, they'll use it until they die. We have to make this stuff illegal. Well, the difference between people and these rats is most people are not in cages so they did a second experiment right where they built an environment 
that was natural for rats, where they had other rats to play with, and they had rat toys, and they could have rat sex. And, and socialize with other rats. And socialize with other rats. Not in the economic sense. We're not, we're not advocating rat Stalinism or anything here. <laughs> but they should be able to play with the other rats voluntarily. Um, and what they found is in the case of Rat Park, which is what they called that, none of the rats used the, used the heroin addictively. None of the rats died of overdoses. They would occasionally use it, and it was no big deal. Just like... Okay. So what we've that's got that's is a problem of people know. who are disconnected from society. That, that's good to know. So now the last question I have to ask, and I don't know if you have the answer. Okay. I might have to look it up. Did the Swiss GDP fall like a rock when uh, they decriminalized heroin? Switzerland is one of the wealthiest countries in the world, and their economy is one of the strongest. So I I don't know um, what experience you could could possibly uh, – how you could possibly attribute that other than it – by Swiss accounts, it seems to have made the country a better place to live, a safer place to live. Okay. Now, tell me That's this. Would our GDP be higher or lower if instead of the war on drugs, we had gotten a trillion-dollar tax cut? I think it would probably be better if... <laughs> I uh, think so, too. Yeah. We didn't have the war on drugs. I'm with uh, you. My own opinion is it's expensive. Yes. We maintain uh, a lot of people in prisons, and now people are like, well, let's just toss them out of prison. Great, you've kept them in prison for 20 years. They can't do anything now. Yeah. They're old, and now you're going to toss them out of prison when they're, you know, they're, they're basically they're... They're institutionalized. That's the only life they've known. Yeah, and it's sad. Matthew, thanks for your call. Um, the people who have done points. that to addicts, to sick people who have warehoused them in prisons for decades, those people should be tried for crimes against humanity in The Hague because that they declared a war on their own people for no reason except politics. Right, and is that, is, that can be the only people you are declaring a war on. It doesn't matter what the government calls it. They can call it the, like, a war on poverty was a war on the poor. A war on drugs was basically a war against everyone. Uh, and you are all in the government's crosshairs until proven innocent. Have fun with that. 855-450-FREE. We're happy to talk uh, drug talk or whatever else is on your mind. Give us a call, 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. free. That's 855-450-3733. In studio, you have myself, Chris. Nobody. And Wade. And when? This is just fun. I need a new name, evidently. (laughs) Everybody's mixing it up tonight, and that's okay. You can mix it up, too, by giving us a call. Again, that number is 855-450-FREE. You can also hit us up on Discord. 
Discord is a pretty cool little app you can load on your phone, load it on your laptop, load it on your PC, your Mac, and using your high-speed internet and your quality microphone, you can contact us, be on the radio, and sound like you're sitting here with us in the studio, and we love using it, uh, and we love taking your calls however they come in. You can also watch us. Uh, you can watch us on DLive, which is a new streaming um, streaming application. It's a streaming website. You can go to dlive.lrn.fm, and you can actually watch us here in studio and all the fun it is to watch us do our show. Some people seem to think it's fun because we do get some people in there watching us. And, uh, and DLive is kind of unique because they're really trying to do this monetization of content. They're paying content providers to provide and that's something that there's been a lot of uh controversy around youtube um demonetizing people that produce content and as a result uh pewdiepie who is the top earner on youtube the guy has like 94 million subscribers has moved over to DLive, and that's pretty cool you can also check us out on twitch uh, at twitch.lrn.fm Either of those platforms, we're always streaming, so you can uh, check us out as we do our show. But right now, we want to go to the phones where we've got Tom. He's listening on uh, freetalklive.com. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, on Tuesday evening in Nashua City Hall, there was a committee hearing about a bill that got amended about raising the minimum age uh, for buying cigarettes and smokeless uh, e-cigarettes. And real uh, quickly, that, that is uh, in New Hampshire, correct? Tom, you're calling us that, from New yes, Hampshire? Nashua, New Hampshire. Nashua, New Hampshire, and okay. The Board of Aldermen amended it and sent it back to committee. So I spoke to address the committee Tuesday evening because one of the factors about the nanny state is that they're uh, able to live deep in denial and be uh, unaware. They can manage to be unaware of the hostility that nanny state politicians incite by inflicting these laws on persons who do not consent to them. Okay, so even as to be clear, uh, so I, uh, I address the committee. Yeah, yeah. To be clear, in the state of New Hampshire, I believe state law uh, says that if you're 18 years or older, you can buy tobacco products. That includes, you know, cigarettes, pipe tobacco, cigars, e-cigarettes, vape. You know, like vaping and stuff like that. Correct. Yeah. That's the state. And what they're trying to do in some towns, uh, the city of Keene, New Hampshire included, is to address this epidemic. What? Hold on. Let me get this out with a straight face. To address this epidemic of young children vaping all over the place. And they do that by raising this age to 21 because if you raise the age to 21, that will address the, uh, the... horrifying addiction of a 10-year-old with a vape Quick, somebody panic. Not just that, but I see I uh, discussed the hostility that they incite because when they raised the drinking age to 20 when I was 19, I heard all of the usual same garbage about how, you know, drinking, like smoking during pregnancy, harms the baby. So let's impose this law on men under that age (laughs) but not on pregnant women who are over that age because their rights matter. Even as some of the victims counterfeit the official identification documents of your government to defeat your nanny state efforts, some yeah. politicians 
don't get it. Even as some of the victims literally flee the country during spring break for the sole purpose of drinking booze where enemy officers cannot touch them, those nanny state politicians still don't get it. Well, check this out. It's been noted, of course, that they're old enough to go into the service, but they're also old enough not to go into the service. And why should they uh, join the National Guard to protect your life and your property when you won't even vote to protect their right to liberty? And after Hurricane Katrina, in fact, in 2005, a lot of people in New Orleans suffered and perished waiting for the National Guard to rescue them. And the day could come when a natural disaster should strike Nashua, and some of you could find yourself suffering and perishing for want of National Guardsmen as a consequence of the hostility that you maliciously incite by inflicting this hate crime, this nanny state law, on them against their will. And if that should happen, it serves you right. Exactly. I couldn't agree with you more. Let me point out that, see, they're deep in denial about the hostility because of the practice of being respectful when people are addressing politicians. It's the habit of the custom to be respectful, even as the politicians are using gun-toting goons in bulletproof vests as weapons of unprovoked violence against the citizen. The citizen addressing the politician is supposed to be respectful. Well, no more Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> you know, we've we got to abandon Mr. Yeah. Nice Guy. We've got to tell it. Like it is, oh, by the way, if you enjoy that warm feeling, see, I didn't say this one that time, but if you enjoy that warm feeling you get by imposing all this uh, nanny state protection on persons who don't consent to it, don't forget that you can get a warmer feeling by pouring gasoline all over yourself and lighting a match. <laughs> oh, that's wow. that I might use later. I, I, honestly, I don't think that's a bad idea for a lot of politicians. Tom, thank you for your call. Um, but he brings up some interesting points. I mean, the the one that strikes me close, I mean, I joined the military at the eight, tender young age of 18 and promptly went back home uh, on, on leave and promptly got a minor in possession of alcohol. You know, it was wow. like, like so one of my first acts after basic training was to get busted for having a beer, which I had been having a beer on, on post for months. But you fought for my freedom. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't fight for anything, um, but, but the idea that, you know, uh, yes, you can sign up. Yes, you can go to war. Yes, you can get killed, but you cannot have a cigarette. You cannot have a drink. It uh, just strikes me as absurd. Now, to extrapolate that a little further, and you can move on down the age limit, Why? what makes 18 a magic age? You know, what magical thing occurs at 18 other than the state says, we have picked an arbitrary number. And this mm. is the number it, we choose. It is arbitrary. And not only that, but they try to extend it to 21. And they can. And the argument they frequently will use is, well, your brain's not, uh, you know, these, these, these children's brains are not developed. Right. Well, the problem is that the, the brain keeps developing. Um, and so you can use this argument to the point that you're talking about somebody who's 28. Yes. I mean, are we going to say you can't drive a 20? You can't drive until you're 28. Or you can't smoke until you're 28. You can't drink until you're 28. You can't make any kind of decision for yourself until you're 28. I mean, this is just ridiculous. Yes, but but that Your is the trend. Stop changing it is a trend. until you start dying. <laughs> That's a good point. What do you think? Is 18 a reasonable number or is it arbitrary? Chris Wade will argue that it's an arbitrary number. Pick, Absolutely. Picked out of thin air. You got a problem with that? Take it up with him because we want to hear your argument. 855 450 free. This is Free Talk Live.
Free Talk Live has found that though U.S. financial institutions are prohibited from doing business with foreign gambling websites, it's not illegal for U.S.-based Internet users to gamble on those sites. People have been using VPNs or virtual private networks to connect to sites like games.bitcoin.com and play games with Bitcoin Cash. Games.bitcoin.com features poker, blackjack, roulette, craps, keno, slots, and dice. You can conduct your own investigation at games.bitcoin.com. That's our toll-free number, 855-450-3733. We'd love to hear from you. And if you're one of those people that's been hearing about the rising price of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, I recommend Edge Wallet. The Edge Wallet is available on iOS and Android. You can use it to buy, sell, trade, and secure your cryptocurrencies. It's user-controlled. You own your own money. Support for Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, Tokens, Monero, Ripple, Stellar, many more. This is built by a veteran team that's been building since 2014, and they believe that security is your freedom. You can find out more by visiting edge.app. That's edge.app. And this is Chris in studio with Nobody and Wade. Do I have these pseudonyms correct tonight? That's what we're going by tonight. That's right. my nom de, my uh, nom de jour. Nom de jour. Okay. <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, here's another gentleman who may need a nom de jour. Uh, Jim Ficken, at least when they send him fines from the city of man. This is in Florida, and I am. It looks like it's duned in. Anybody from Florida? Nope, never spent. I lived in Florida. Ever hear of a town called Duned In? Well, this Dunedin. This is that what it is? Yeah, Dunedin, Florida. Yep, there you go. Okay, it all makes sense now. I see. I keep seeing like the app tuned in. I assume that. Yeah. Dunedin would be pronounced the same way. Well, it probably looked as unfamiliar (laughs) when you read it as it sounded when you said it. Oh, um. <laughs> man, but Jim Ficken's got a problem. He's about to be foreclosed on. And any guesses as to how many years he must have gone without paying his taxes? I bet you it wasn't that many. I'll bet he just didn't pay his fines for not taking care of his lawn. Dunedin's like that. Really? Is that your guess? That's my guess. Okay. That wouldn't surprise me. Well, he's exactly right. A Florida man <laughs> is facing foreclosure on his house due to fines over the height of the grass in his yard. The city of Dunedin moved to foreclose on resident Jim Ficken's home after Ficken racked up more than $29,000 in fines because his grass exceeded the 10 inches the city allows. Ficken, 69, is fighting back suing the city over what he and his attorneys with the Institute for Justice call abusive and excessive fines. Ficken and his attorneys told Fox 13 he amassed the fines during a 57-week, uh, excuse me, not 57 weeks. That would be a long time. That'd be over a year. No, he amassed these fines over a 57-day period. What? Last summer, while he was out of town, settling his late mother's estate. 
Wow. They said Ficken hired a friend to cut the grass during that time, but the friend passed away unexpectedly. Wow. Unbelievable. The yard is now is not the yard is now up to city code. Quote the grass did what grass does, and a code inspector saw it was more than ten inches, the city allowed, and Jim was officially on the hook, unquote, said Andrew Ward, one of Ficken's attorneys. Just because the grass was taller on the other side of the fence. <laughs> Over ten inches. Ficken, who is retired and lives on a fixed income, was fined five hundred dollars per day, totaling nearly thirty thousand dollars. So if they so if they catch you with over ten inches, they're just going to bend you over and give you ten inches of their own. Something like that. Wow. Uh, he claimed he wasn't aware of the fines until they were already out of control. The city on Tuesday began moving to foreclose on Ficken's house. Quote: We're arguing in our lawsuit that limitless fines are in fact unconstitutional. So yeah, they are unconstitutional. Bargle, another of Ficken's attorneys. Yeah, uh, does anybody know what it is? I forget what the... What... I want to say the Eighth Amendment, but I could be the wrong. The Eighth Amendment like... is against cruel and unusual punishment. Uh, the problem is... I believe is that talks about excessive cruel, fines. Cruel punishment yeah. isn't prohibited if it isn't unusual. And cruel punishment is the norm these days, so I don't know if anything can be considered cruel and unusual. Well, I think that it's still worth it... uh, what you want to do, if you were to argue this constitutionally, would argue that... $500 a day fines because your lawn is long is not grounds for taking someone's home. And you I would mean, want the founding to be fathers assured. would be stacking bodies right now. Now, let me not say it's not Seriously? grounds. Um, <laughs> and the, I, I, the Eighth Amendment reads, excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines, nor cruel or unusual punishments inflicted. Yeah, I mean, I have a hard time imagining that any jury would find somebody guilty for a period of 60 days having not cut their lawn at $500 a day. I mean, that's just, how is that not cruel and unusual? Well, juries don't ordinarily know what the punishment is. Um, and but also, they would in this case if they were, common, if they were commonly, that would be part of the defense. They would know. They would know because it's part of the defense. They'd have to know because they couldn't make a decision on whether or not it's cruel and unusual without that information. Well, there may not even be a jury, and it's not the jury's determination true. whether a whether a thing is uh, cruel and unusual. The way it works is you have to fight it to the Supreme Court, and right. most people can't afford to do that if the state That's has already too. taken all their money. Yeah, and there was just a, a recent case of the gentleman who was caught with heroin uh, in his car. He had he was going to sell it. It was. Something like $400 worth of heroin. Uh, and the police seized this under civil uh, asset forfeiture and took a $42,000 Land Rover. And he successfully argued to the U.S. Supreme Court that taking a $42,000 vehicle for $400 worth of, you know, it, it was a grade A misdemeanor, I think. Uh, Class A. Class A, what Great a misdemeanor. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive my poor understanding of the criminal justice system because I've successfully avoided it for quite some time. Uh, yeah, but the I mean, idea, not so much. Yeah. yeah. But this idea <laughs> that, that again. But again, that you could take, um, you know, you could I mean, take a $40,000 like a... vehicle for, for $400 worth of heroin. Go ahead, Rich. 
It's not like I didn't steer into it for a while, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I hear you. So in this case, over inch, uh, basically for this guy's grasp being greater than 10 inches in height, violates a city ordinance, therefore $500 in fines. All the time he's I'll not even I'll bet you $500 there. the guy who wrote that law has less than 10 inches. Please, Rich, come on. That's 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 the level we have sunk to. Have we? I don't know. That's the same level we're on every show. Uh, but this idea that that this is reasonable, I mean, how can how could government even how how do you answer this charge with a straight face? I just don't know how you could do See, this. That's that's why I answer it with absurdity. Right. And it's it it is in itself an absurdity. I don't know if it deserves a straight answer. Yeah, um, Ficken and his legal team said they will take the case all the way to the Supreme Court if that's what it takes. "Quote: Boy. It's outrageous being fined this amount for being tardy cutting your grass." Now keep in mind, fifty-seven days. That's right. how long the guy didn't cut his grass because he was not there. Yeah, you know it's. <laughs> It was, you know, I, I, I don't know, like, I, I can understand, like, an uh, a fine that is a lot, like, 500 a month, maybe. It still seems ridiculous to me, but... It does. I could see that being in the realm of, like, okay, reasonable for some ridiculous fine that they're trying to trying to get force people to do something, but 500 a day? <laughs> $500 a day. Even apparently. $500 a month. That's that's more than pe- some people pay in rent in Florida. Why didn't they just cut the stupid grass and bill the person for it? I mean, that's I- a good point. <laughs> so let's see what the city says. Quote, Mr. Ficken was cited for repeated violations on his rental property, unquote, the city said in a statement. We're going to tell you the rest of the government's excuse for fining an elderly gentleman five hundred dollars a day for not cutting his grass for 57 days and now they want to take his house is that right do you think absolutely not government is i'm, I'm looking for somebody to take up the side of the government here 855 oh, yeah. call it if you free. agree this is free talk live That's our toll-free number. That's how you can pick up your phone and get in touch with us. That's 855-450-3733. And we'd love to hear about you. We've been discussing a story out of Florida where a Florida man... Man, I hate stories that start with the words Florida man. Florida man, the world's most helpless and irresponsible superhero. Well, in this case, uh, a Florida, a 69-year-old Florida man leaves town uh, for a 57-day period. He contacts one of his friends to take care of his lawn while he's gone, who unfortunately passes away. When he returns, he realizes that... The city has fined him for this 57-day period, $500 a day, and is now moving to foreclose on him for back payment of $29,000 in fines. 
This See, I, this was not a Florida man story. This was a Florida government story. That's a good point. But it, it should have it, it should have followed the, the government the the standard properly by saying Florida government finds man <laughs> for leaving his lawn unmowed and then tries to take his house. And before uh, I, I want to read their statement because this is their insanity. There's this is their insane excuse. Quote: Mister Ficken was cited by. Uh, Mr. Ficken was receipted for repeated violations on his rental property, the city said in a statement to Fox 13 News. Uh, on Tuesday, May 7th, 2019, the city of Dunedin. Uh, Dunedin. The city of Dunedin code it, it enforcement. It sounds like Dunedin. Right. I'm Dunedin. I'm Dunedin. The city of Dunedin. Code Enforcement Board authorized the city's attorney's office to file foreclosure actions after resolution of the case could not be agreed agreed upon by Mr. Ficken. What kind of agreement did you want? Okay, we're going to take your house away if you don't pay us, what, $25,000? It's just over your uncut grass. Yeah. Really? I mean, it's just flat robbery. It is. It is of the highest order. Uh, let's see, uh, off, uh, authorize the city's attorney to file foreclosure actions after resolution of the case could not be agreed upon with Mr. Ficken. The city attorney's office has not had an opportunity to review litigation filed by Mr. Ficken and as such, no comment at this juncture. Unbelievable. So do you Florida government, the world's most helpless and irresponsible government <laughs> much better. Do you Dear listener, do you believe that you own your home? If you're a homeowner, uh, do you believe that you actually own it? Let me offer you an experiment. Uh, go for a couple years without paying your property taxes. Ooh. Don't pay some fines. Whatever you want and see if you actually own that land. You do not own it. And taking somebody's home is absolutely absurd. I don't care if this is a rental property. It's something the guy worked for. Uh, and this kind of thing uh, kind of gets in my crop we're gonna to go to the phones where we've got peter he's listening he uh, i'm sorry wait a listening minute. from are they on. taking are they taking the property owner's property and not it's a rental right so it's they're not taking his property they're taking they are taking that his, the, it's a rental property that this gentleman owns that he rents out to other people that he rents out to other people oh i thought he was the one renting okay right in either case we're going to the phones where we've got peter calling in from washington dc peter you're on free talk live Oh uh, yes, I just wanted to talk about uh, the possibility of Jacob Kornberger's uh, nomination to uh, become the uh, uh, you know, president to run uh, in the 2020 election within the Libertarian Party. And just for some background, I myself, I am a full, you know, anarcho-capitalist like you know the great Lysander Spooner, Mary Rothbard, Hans Hoppe. Um, and so I don't, you know, I, I, in my, in my view, I think that the state, the federal government, and for that matter, state governments, uh, are a bunch of thugs, gangsters, and uh, murderers. Um, but I think Jacob Hornberger, um, who actually, I just read an article about him. He, he's he's great on stuff like the CIA, uh, the stuff they do, and uh, you know, behind the the, the door. Uh, you know, interventions that have been going on since the 50s, since it was created until now, um, all under the guise of uh, so-called national security. 
And Jacob Hornberger is great on that. Uh, he's willing to get rid of the CIA, and he's willing to get rid of the Federal Reserve. He's willing to just shrink the size of government. And that's something that I think that we haven't seen from any presidential uh, nominee in the Libertarian Party. I, I sure didn't see that for Gary Johnson, and, <laughs> and especially his his uh, war hawk uh, buddy, uh, Bill Weld. Uh, those guys are are not genuine libertarians. If anything, they're well, like hold on, hold on. No, I saw Bill Weld say that he's a libertarian for life. <laughs> I'm being facetious well, because Weld now aside, he's... because Weld was never the presidential nominee. I know. I, uh, you know, you don't have to argue everything you believe when you're running for office. As a matter of fact, if you want to get every anything done, you should not. Now, some people would ask me for proof of that. Well, the proof of that is in the fact that the socialists have gotten just about everything they wanted, but they did it not for sh- not for shouting for a full government takeover of the economy, but f- by nibbling at it and nibbling at it and nibbling at it and being absolutely relentless in nibbling at our freedom and replacing it with government. Rich, there's, there's a huge difference when you're talking about the difference between the socialists and the libertarians. The libertarians make up probably 2% of the population. The socialists have a big chunk of it because most people, and I'm telling most you people how they are got emotional, that way. they're not logical and rational. Now, I'm telling you how they got that way. Now, I... I I, I see where you're both coming from, and, and the problem is, is incrementalism. It's easy to just take a little win, and, and libertarians are famous uh-huh. for, like, trumpeting little wins because they're important. Right. Well, um, because there's two, there's two choices. There's incrementalists with little wins, and then there's purists with big losses. Right. And little wins are better than big losses. So, uh, Peter, uh, besides um, his, his views on... National security. Is there anything else on Jacob Hornberger's um, position list that that you particularly like? Uh, yeah, I think he's good. And just for background, he I think he works for the um, Future Foundation of Freedom. Correct. That's what the organization is called. Yep, you can find uh, and, out more uh, at ff dot org. Right, right, and and he I think he's he's brilliant. Like I said, on uh, stuff like the Federal Reserve and and uh, just handling the uh, the unseen issue of the uh, entitlement uh, uh, bubble, right. uh, you know, and and obviously uh, that's something that's really going to uh, affect uh, you know the, the us um, uh, Americans because it will eventually cause a uh, sovereign debt crisis. And if, of course, if the Federal Reserve tries to handle the issue, well, then uh, consequently we will have a currency crisis. Right, and uh, so I think it's important to uh, you know avoid people like uh, Johnson and Weld who aren't principled, who really don't have a background in, in Austrian school uh, economics. Uh, I see them more as leftist uh, libertarians, um, but I, I, you know, as an anarchist, I'm, 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 if, if Hornberger runs, I'm you know I'm behind him, and I think uh, we you know us. As anarchists, we should also support Kornberger, who is a principled man. Well, thank you for your call, Jacob. Um, it is uh, it's interesting to see who the Republican, or excuse me, the Libertarians may put forth. 
the party as a, as a whole has never had a lot of success in national politics. No. They have not. Um, and part of that is any chance of the Libertarian Party having any success in national politics because you're talking about a group of people that, for the most part, are based are, are based they vote based on emotion they're not voting on anything other than emotion right well but you've got two problems there you've got a group of people that based that vote based on emotion and then you have another group of people that's trying to fight for liberty but refuses to accept the fact that people vote based on emotion and act accordingly by appealing to them when necessary based on emotion. Yeah. Because I think that's it's a- the way you have to have enough sheep on your side if you want to start a stampede. Can I posit that there was You're talking about a futile action here. Um, There's there's no point to getting people, uh, you know, winning people over based on emotion. You're uh, you're just going to lose the overall war. And that's what's been happening for most of my lifetime. Right. Not winning them all at, at, uh, not winning them over at all means losing the war faster. Is there any logic left in American politics? Does anyone actually look at issues or do we do things simply based on emotion? 855-453-STAY-TUNED Stay tuned for hour number three where we will... You love Bitcoin. It's the future, right? Well, no, not if everyone stops using it. I mean, think about it. How many places in your town take Bitcoin? One? None? Let's be real. If this Bitcoin thing is ever going to happen, it's going to need your help. The good news is, the guys at AnyPay have your back. We built a website called HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com, and it's a place you can send any business. And they'll be set up to take Bitcoin in five minutes. HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. is free talk live hour number three man time flies when you're having fun i'm having fun i don't know about you guys you guys are fun to do shows with i'm having fun and then i was just floored by that last onion commercial i happened to catch it (laughs) it was a story of people suing the u.s congress for 23 million negligent homicides (laughs) in failing to stop wars that were against the national interest, and it was really good. Here, here for the onion. Mm. Uh, joining us in studio, it's myself, Chris. Nobody. And Wade. All right. Everybody is uh, has has their, has chosen their name of the evening. I'm the only one who's just stuck to the uh, Our o- OG. Nom de jour. Nom de jour. I got, I got, I got <laughs> nothing, guys. I could make something up, but... What's your soup du jour? That... That's our soup of the day. <laughs> I love that line. Hey, one thing I do want to tell you about is ForkFest 2019. ForkFest? Yes, ForkFest. Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians this summer from June 13th to June 18th for ForkFest 2019 at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest happens right before the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and ForkFest is decentralized, unlike the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Because anarchists do it voluntarily. There you go, which means that there is no one in charge. It also means there's no ticket cost. Just reserve your camping or RSV site, or your, your RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 13th through the 18th. You can simply relax and go camping 
With other like-minded liberty lovers, you can create whatever experience or event you'd like to have others take part in. If you're planning an event for ForkFest, be sure to let others know in advance. You can connect with other ForkFesters via the unofficial (laughs) Telegram chat or the ForkFest forums. Links to those are on the unofficial website, ForkFest.party. That's ForkFest.party. And I know, Rich, I'm sorry, nobody, you're going. Chris Wade? Nobody's going to ForkFest. Wade, Chris. Wade, are you going to uh, ForkFest? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I uh, sponsored it. I know that. Uh, for, now, uh, Porkfest I sponsored with Forkfest. So I, was, I have to be at Forkfest now. I was asking a leading question there. Yeah, so now you have one libertarian get-together uh, sponsoring another one, which I think is great. It is. I think that's a, a very cool development. And uh, it's it's just good to see more people come here to New Hampshire. And even if it's just for a weekend, even if it's just a camping trip to... Well, you got to start somewhere, I think. You it's, do. It's the way to, to phrase it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's always been the goal of the Free State Project was to get 20,000 people to make a pledge to move to New Hampshire within five years. They met their goal of 20,000 pledgers. pledgers, I guess that would be the best way to put it, pledgers uh, a year ago, two years ago. Um, yeah, I think it was two years ago. Yeah, and uh, it was twice as many people moved the following year after uh, than the prior year. So it, the numbers are definitely going up. That's intriguing. And, and there's yeah. literally not a week that goes by where I don't see somebody um, making a, making plans or making the moves right yeah. now. And that's exciting stuff. Uh, the idea is, is if you get a whole lot of liberty-minded folks in one small geographic state, then you have an opportunity to enact some real changes at a local level, and uh, we're we're reaping the benefits of that. Not that it's a done deal. Um, not no, that it's a start. It is. It's a start. Yeah, it is. It's going to take a lot of effort to uh, reverse 250 years of uh, party politics. But it is New a good Hampshire start. feels freer to me than any other state that I've ever been in, but it doesn't feel <laughs> nearly as free as I want it to feel feel there's a lot of fighting left to do oh yeah but there's a lot of fighting that's been done too yeah yeah definitely yeah it's um you know it's interesting because the more people you get together the more pushback there is um but at the same time uh they're afraid and they should be because Mm -hmm. we are having an impact we are making a difference and it may be you know a few more years before we actually you know take over the system so to speak but you know what it's going to happen it's just a matter of time so uh, we're shifting the overton window and that's the biggest thing we've got republicans now in the legislature saying taxation is theft as a mantra (laughs) that's hilarious to me now obviously they're not living by it yet but baby steps i mean you know the more they say it the more we get to hold their feet to the fire every time they don't live right. up to Absolutely. it and there's 20 libertarians in the house or some somewhere around there yeah uh, which is more than any it's 20 times more than any other state from what i understand so yeah. that's i mean that's a pretty good number yeah if, if you uh wherever you're at in the united states look at your state legislature look at the counts and see how many liberty-minded how libertarians specifically how many libertarians you have there and you may have some you know some liberty-minded uh democrats mm-hmm. or or republicans in your state house but yeah, we've we're getting people elected, and I, you know, I've I've seen change. Yeah, you know, and I've, that's I've just been at here. the house. That's yeah. not including all the other people who have been elected at lower levels. Like, oh, absolutely. I, I don't and, know. Uh, you were you didn't you run into 
I, I was a selectman, so yeah, that's a selectman. sort of so in New what is, England. What is mm-hmm. a selectman? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. A selectman in New England, this is a sort of another form of state uh, or of city government, but it is uh, sort of a combination of mayor and city council. So smaller towns usually have selectmen. It's usually three or five people that is make up sort of the executive branch. What's unique about New Hampshire is that the legislative branch in these small towns is everyone in town. They make up the legislative branch, and then the selectmen are just there to make sure stuff works, make sure bills get paid and stupid things like that. Um, but it's it's pretty unique. And, yeah, I, I did that within a year of moving to New Hampshire was, you know, uh, suddenly I find myself a selectman, and I've held other positions, too. Um, the important thing to remember, though, is that lots of people can get involved at local levels. You don't have to be in the state house. Uh, we'd love to have you there. And you don't have to be a Libertarian Party. I mean, there are. I, I support the Libertarian Party, but I also support uh, the Libertarianly inclined who run within other parties. And well, that doesn't make you not a Libertarian. You can't even run as a Libertarian currently. Well, you can you can run. You right. don't you don't have the you benefit of major register. party sa- right. status, right. right? Right. Which the libertarians don't have here, and they don't have a lot of in a lot of states. Because mm-hmm. guess who controls who gets to be on the ballot? Democrats and Republicans. Right. That's in most states. But uh, Gary Johnson did give us uh, uh, major power, major party status. Uh, in the presidential election, we just lost it in the midterm, unfortunately. Yeah, so a lot of Too many of these... people griping about Gary Johnson and too few people uh, bringing those voters back in. Right, uh, and that's the way this stuff works, that if you reach certain arbitrary thresholds, then you're allowed to be called, um, you know, you're on the ballot, whether it's national or whether it's at the state level or the local level. Everybody's got their own set of rules, but in the end, it's the parties that are in control that get to make up what those rules are. Mm. And those rules are pretty much designed to keep third parties off the ballot. So, you know, it always amazes me when I hear stories from Europe. And that 4% that voted Libertarian that gave us major party uh, status, their votes counted. Yeah. Yeah. You know, unlike the extra votes for Trump or Hillary, I don't even you know, know who You know won. what I find exactly. kind of hilarious is that just because they keep us off the ballot doesn't, or they're not really keeping us off the ballot, they're just keeping us from running as, uh, you know, a libertarian, at least, you know, correct on the, on the, on the ballot itself saying that next to the name, but that doesn't mean we're not running. And that's how come we end up with 20 representatives in the house, but you know, they're not libertarian under the official whatever because they you know the right. rest of the the politicians won't allow in the democratic and republican parties Do and that's for- the idea behind the vote for nobody campaign <laughs> is uh for those who don't know i filed paperwork to legally change my name to nobody oh which, did you do that oh, yeah, yeah the paperwork is in oh, i'm serious i am i am dead serious about about this if if it if i can't get nobody then I will change. Then I will change it to no uh, to noon. Uh, so wait a minute. Why couldn't you get no one? Why couldn't you get nobody? The only reason that I can imagine it is because it it was like the equivalent of a reserved word. Unbelievable. Would you? But vote? I don't think it is. Okay. So the nice thing about that is get on the ballot any way you can. If your if your name is nobody, I'll vote for you. <laughs> Absolutely. How could you resist voting for nobody? Eight fifty five. Four fifty. Free. 
What do you think? Is there a reason that libertarians are shunned? This is Free Talk Live. is free talk live 855 453 we're here to take your phone calls answer your questions as best we can and hear what you have to say this is an open shows (laughs) open phone show so you call about whatever you like and we will discuss it we've got a couple of people on the line uh waiting to get on here and we've been we've been kind of all over the board like we are every night uh which is good we mix it up and we'd like to mix it up with you we've talked about legalization of drugs we've talked about age limits on tobacco and alcohol we talked about a guy who is being who was fined five hundred dollars a day for not cutting his lawn and the county says they are going to uh, repossess his home. Um, wow! It's just that. that I was mean, it sounds res- funny, ridiculous, and at the same time, it's like imagine being that guy. It yeah, makes me angry. Yeah, I mean, it's, me. it's like, not even my home. Yeah. Right. Um, and we talked uh, about decriminalization in Denver of psychedelic mushrooms, which we we happen to believe is a good idea. We're going to go to the phones where we've got David calling in from New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Who's who's going to uh, Forkfest? Nobody? I'm sorry? <laughs> yes, that's correct. Who, Nobody going is to, going to Forkfest. Nobody's going to Forkfest. Nope. Absolutely. I'll be there with bells on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> What's on your mind, David? Uh, glimpse behind the curtain. Uh, the... Um, Public defender that were one of them that I was uh, talking to extensively gave me a glimpse behind the curtain. And let me give you a little bit of background, first of all, so you can relate to the glimpse. The, uh, and this is all public record. There's no gossiping here. All of this can be read in the, in the state court record. Okay. There's a judge, M. Monica Zamora, and she was, uh, she was a judge in my case <clears throat> uh, years ago. And uh, she put me on trial uh, uh, for my children. Um, whether my children should I should stay in my life or or go to a stepfather as uh, on the birth certificate, and um, they had their little kangaroo court, and she uh, found against me and for the dude that married their mother, and terminated my parental rights and adopted my kids to him, and uh, I appealed that decision, and I won a una- unanimous three judge decision, saying that uh, Judge M Monica Zamora. Uh, had uh, violated the law, and okay. they vacated what she had done. They reversed it, so they unterminated my parental rights and unadopted my children from this dude that paid however many thousands of dollars to hire the lawyer that he did. Okay, and uh, and and what the the bottom line of the decision that came out of the New Mexico Court of Appeals, uh, uh, signed by Wexler, Bustamante, and Kennedy, and I forget which one of them wrote it, but those are the three judges on on this decision. The, the very last paragraph where they give the little summary, uh, it, it said, uh, and this is a pretty darn close quote, uh, um, but let me paraphrase it anyway because it might be more Go fun. They, they, they said, um, uh, Judge M. Monica Zamora, um, guess what? You, uh, as an all-knowing judge, incorrectly applied the burden of proof 
you are supposed to make the petitioner, the guy trying to take my kids, right. prove his case because they took me to court. But instead, you applied the burden backwards and you made Mr. Olson prove that he should keep his own children. And guess what? Furthermore, J- Judge M. Monica Zamora, had you correctly applied the burden of proof, the petitioner didn't prove, make their case anyway. <laughs> and so, so anyway, and ironically, this Judge M. Monica Zamora, she was then a district court judge. She now sits on that same court of appeals that, that uh, where I beat her with a yeah. nothing decision. Now, yes. now judging Pardon? other cases where, where families are at risk. So this, this stuff drives me nuts. I mean, the idea, first of all, many people hold the idea that judges are infallible. Man, if you were a judge, you <laughs> no. must be, you must have achieved the highest levels in the legal profession to be nominated, to be a judge or to be appointed as a judge or to be elected you must just be the the most brilliant legal mind that's out there. And we know that's not the case. You, See, I exactly. think you must be a great actor to be able to keep a straight face. Right. Um, <laughs> to be I, I've a been judge. practicing that. No, it's, it's just this idea that there is a, a level of legal wisdom where fallibility just goes out the window. You know, anything I and decide exactly- must be the case. That's that's exactly what the public defender dude said. He he, uh, I described a, another situation with that. I, well, I told him that situation, and then I told him this one. The very first day, the very first hearing uh, in front of that uh, judge M. Monica Zamora in New Mexico, um, uh, she said uh, on the record, she said, "quote Because this is a contested adoption, I must appoint an attorney for the children." And the second that she hit the period in that sentence, I, I said, and you must appoint one for me. And she, her face got really angry, and she leaned forward in her chair, and, and she, she kind of had that look where she put her hands on her hips, and right. she raised her voice, and she said exactly like this. She said, oh, no, we don't. And so wow. I picked up the printout. I, had, I picked up the printout that I had the foresight to uh, print out and bring with me, and I just ima- immediately began to read. And I, I read that, that 32A 516E that I've told you about, sure. which, and, uh, which says that she needs to appoint me an attorney. Uh, and, and so I read that. It was just one or two sentences. But she and didn't know the, that one off the turned, top of her head? She, she turned. You're, you're, you're ruining my story, man. She turned to her computer. <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> she turned to her computer, and there's silence in the courtroom. All you hear is click, 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 and then silence while she's reading. And then click, 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 and then a little more silence while she's reading. And then in this soft, meek voice, she says, where are you reading that from? And I said, 32A516E. And you hear click, 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 and then silence for about 30 seconds. And she turns to her, uh, her, her big, fat rear end. She turns that in her chair to her assistant, and she says, appoint him an attorney. Um, and and the, what the... Yeah, and then full circle. What what the upon hearing uh, what I just told you, the public defender dude, he he says he says sadly, uh, and he's in the courtroom, you know, all the time. He says sadly, I, I see that same ignorance every day in the courtroom uh, by judges and other professionals that should know better. And right. and the and the, the the law that I the law that I cited to her. Oh, also when she was getting herself elected or trying uh, run uh, a candidate for um, okay. the next court of appeals. 
she she in her uh, campaign literature she bragged that she had been, participated in over 500 adoptions and this this children's code this where this 32a5 this, this is this key to code that. that I referred to pardon this is key to to your case and this is something that the judge should know about this is family court and David thank you for your call um but that's the point i mean even when you think that you know i'm sorry if you believe that there are legal legal specialists that know everything and can answer all questions and will always meet justice uh upon you it's false it is a lie it is something you are taught and it's not reality in our judicial system 855 450 free this is free talk live Go to themorganreport.com and receive updates and insights you will not find anywhere else on the web. You will discover how to grow and protect your wealth under all market conditions. The free Morgan Report provides interviews, webinars, question and answer sessions, plus mind-blowing videos. As David Morgan says, let my passion create your wealth. Themorganreport.com. Themorganreport.com. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's our toll-free number. We're in hour number three. We've done two hours so far. We've got about a half hour left to go. And we still have plenty of time to take your calls on any subject you would like to bring up. What happened to the other half hour? That's right. We still have it ahead of us. Okay. Yeah. So we've got two and a half hours behind. Did we? What did I say? You said we had two hours behind us and a half hour ahead of us, and I wanted to know what had happened to the other half hour. It's supposed Jeez. to be a three-hour show, bro. It is. Three. <laughs> a three-hour tour. <laughs> <laughs> but about this time of the night, I get a little punchy, and God knows what comes out of my mouth at some points, but hopefully uh, we're going to get through this, and we're going to have fun doing it. 855-450-FREE. Again, that is our number. I'd say you could hit us up on Discord, but our Discord call-in lines are not working well. But you can definitely join in the chat at discord.lrn.fm. There's always lots of stuff going on in the chat rooms. And some of it uh, I could even repeat. And some of it, uh, now that I take a look at it, yeah, I can't repeat that. Um, <laughs> we're gonna go I'm to, glad to know we've got a flow of unmitigated filth through our chat room. I'll have to check that good. out it's later. A, it's always good. And to give the, uh, a, a little shout out to the fine folks in the Discord on-air uh, chat room. It's always fun there. Uh, we're going to go to John in Florida. He's listening to us on WTTB 1490. I think that's Vero Beach. John, you're on Free Talk Live. John. Hello? You, yep, you're on the air. Yes, I was just going to tell you a little situation that happened to me many years ago. Uh, I was 18 years old. I was arrested for B&E on automobiles. And I went in front of a judge by the name of Carling Stetson in Cape County. Okay. And he had been uh, caught taking graft and was never really charged, 
but he got voted out in his last two days on the bench. I went in front of him, and every single person that day except me went to jail. And I was put on probation, which my attorney, um, well, he, he contested it. And we went back to court again okay. to a new judge that was uh, put on the bench by the name of Alfonso Seppi. All righty. Well, after seven times of going to a lie detector test and the prosecutor, some little guy with a Napoleon syndrome. <laughs> uh, You'll see this from time to time. Yes. Kept saying that something was wrong and... You know, kept sending me back for these lie detector tests. Now, are lie detector tests admissible in court in Florida? If you agree to it. So were you attempting to prove your innocence or to further your case by taking a lie detector test? To prove my innocence. Understand. Okay. Please continue. So after the seventh time, my attorney, who was not a criminal attorney, a family friend, and I don't suggest somebody do that, finally stood up and said, look, we've done this seven times. You know, how many more times do we have to do this? And the judge agreed and said, not guilty. And about 10 years after that, I was pulled over and was asked by a police officer had I uh, ever been arrested? And I told him no. Right. Well, he came back and said, I'll give you one more chance to tell me the truth. I said, well, I was arrested, but found not guilty. And my attorney said that, you know, the case was uh, abolished or whatever. And the cop said, no. He says, once you're arrested, you're arrested the rest of your life. So, so they're bringing up... They were bringing up an arrest, not a case where you were actually found guilty? That's correct. So how is that uh, possibly legal? Or is that you're saying that's just the practice of the state of Florida to keep these sorts of records and to pull them out when convenient? Well, the question was, have you ever been arrested, not have you ever been convicted? Right, but it sounds Um, like the cop was trying to use that as justification for some further action he was going to take. That's that's why I generally answer questions like that, questions like that with, uh, your I don't have to right. answer your questions. I've literally told a cop, it's not your business. Yeah. And yep. that, whenever you can, that is the best answer you can possibly yeah. give. Yeah. Uh, and there are a well, lot of times when you can do that. Um, in a lot of states, if you're walking down the street and they say, I need to see some ID, you can say, I don't have to give you that. And it's I've also done that many times. Right. And mm-hmm. and New Hampshire happens to be one of those. Be sure to check your local um your local state laws as to what those are. But the best advice is just not to talk to them. Uh if if mm-hmm. you know, if you are forced to do so, then you know, then then it becomes a personal decision. But um yeah. really, I mean, just not dealing with them is the best possible the, the the best outcome could possibly come that way. And the other thing that I recommend is film them. Definitely. Get, um, pull out, Multiple pull cameras, out please. your phone, uh, get cell 411 um, or live stream it to Facebook. Put it somewhere where they can't delete it. 
where they can't smash your phone and do, or lose your phone while you're arrested and destroy it. And they will do it. They oh, yeah. Absolutely do yeah. that. Get it on the cloud. They're liars and thieves. Yep. John, how how did everything end up? Well, uh, it ended up okay, but it's haunted me through my business uh, career or my job career. And I'm 68 now, and, you know, it's long since been gone. But the funniest thing is this uh, other judge, Alfonso Seppi, about 20 years after I had gone in front of him, right. was arrested and put in prison for taking money from the cartels <laughs> to, to find their people innocent. Oh, my God. Now, that is uh, it's a fairly common thing we hear, but I, I just love that idea. And again, thank you for your call. Uh, this idea that the legal system, everyone involved, I mean, they are the pinnacle of of you know, just just the ultimate defender of good and truth and justice, and they never make mistakes. They are infallible. Hmm. That's that's the premise that when you go into a courtroom against a, you know, a, even if it's just for a traffic ticket, you hmm. know, what the, the judge is first going to work to do is establish that this police officer is an expert. Hmm. You know, that's that's a... Tell us about your credentials, and he will list them. And the judge basically looks at him and says, well, you're obviously uh, some sort of an expert at the determination of speed of motor vehicles while they're traveling on the roads. <laughs> this is where things start out. The judge, who is supposed to be impartial in this case, is going to do half of the def- uh, half of the prosecutor's work for him. He's going he's gonna to make sure that everybody in the courtroom... Uh, knows that this guy is, you know, a pinnacle of society, and and you should trust him. Mm. Chris, you've been to wow. court more than more than a few times. I'm not saying that because <laughs> you're a criminal. You are by no means, but, I've but had you two don't parking... take any crap from these no, guys. No, I've had two parking tickets, and I was arrested for uh, crossing the street legally and uh, disorderly conduct, uh, neither of which I, I, I were actually crimes. And the one case was dropped, uh, and the other I won on the two tickets, on the two parking tickets. So. Right. See, I've seen a lot of your conduct, and none of it has been disorderly. <laughs> right, right. You're and that's, a very orderly That's person. basically what we, we came to conclude, too, um, when I had a lawyer look at it, and the, apparently the prosecutor agreed because they dropped it. Yeah. Um, and there's a lawsuit now, so for other related things. So. But that's good. Uh, take it back. Take the fight back to them yep. and, and put them on the defensive. That's a good thing. 855-450-FREE. We've got another segment coming up, and there may be time for your call. This is Free Talk Live. is free talk live final segment but you can still get on the air if you call 855-450 free right now and uh we'd still like to hear from you we've been taking calls all night and i love uh it's fun we bring in stories you know we bring in things that we find compelling and we discuss them with our with our callers um but sometimes callers just have their own story they want to tell, and we enjoy that even more. So no matter what it is, 
give us a call. Once again, that number is 855-450-FREE. And uh, one of the stories that I did bring in tonight uh, has to do with how the U.S. miscounted the dead in Syria. Uh, a rights group. Are you serious? I know. It's it's hard to believe. And the reason it's I brought... disturbingly high. Well, the reason I brought this in, and I'm going to try to flip around here a little bit, but there was recently a um, military intelligence officer that was arrested today and charged mm. with providing the intercept with um, some information, some top secret information on how the U.S. was counting its death tolls in in Iraq and in Syria. The issue was... So there's the public body count announced, but then they classify that it's a lie. Well, they just basically give out wrong numbers. Uh, and as, as this gentleman basically put out was, anyone killed in a drone strike is a armed combatant regardless of whether that drone happened to hit a hospital or whether that drone happened to take out a wedding, um, the, the administrations, the Obama administrations and continuing into the Trump administrations found it was much easier to just say that everybody who was killed was uh, an enemy combatant and they were armed and we had to take them out. I mean, this has been standard practice. It's PR. Oh, this is Trump's America. <laughs> Well, I hate oh, did you say that happened during the Obama administration too? Believe it or not. Oh, thanks for clarifying. That. Yeah. Uh, point being that um, this is a bipartisan issue. So um, please, uh, you Democrats and you Republicans, please both get on your high horses. Uh, this comes to us from foreign pro, uh, foreign policy dot com. Um, the United States dramatically underestimated the number of civilians killed in the U.S. led coalition's assault on the self-proclaimed capital of the islamic state two years ago according to research by two leading human rights groups during the four-year four-month campaign to oust the islamic state from the syrian city of raga in 2017 uh, of note that is under trump's administration some 1600 civilians died as a result of coalition airstrikes and bombing amnesty international and air wars wrote in a new report the United States puts the civilian death toll in Raga at 318, according to the spokesman for the U.S. campaign to defeat the Islamic State. The report draws on nearly two years of research that concluded that the U.S.-led coalition was responsible for significantly higher civilian casualties throughout its four-year campaign to destroy the Islamic State caliphate in Syria and Iraq than has been reported. The U.S. military estimated in February that it had unintentionally killed 1,387 civilians in the fighting. Uh, bear in mind, the reported number was 318, which began in 2014. Note to self, that was under Obama. Um, Don, uh, Donatella Rivera, the amnesty researcher who led the investigation, estimates that the real number was about 10 times higher. She describes the level of destruction in Raga as, quote, unparalleled in modern times, unquote. So this this idea that, first of all, we can create positive change with bombs, um, <laughs> thoughts, uh, that we can uh, win wars by bombing 
areas that are known to be populated by civilians. Civilians, for those of you who may not know, are innocent. By yeah, definition. I mean, so we're killing more innocent people than we are actual, like, threats. Correct. That's insane. Yes, and as a result, the only thing we do is we do uh, create a banner uh, foundation for creating more terrorists. Right. If um, you're killing mm-hmm. 10 to 1, that's a problem. Yes, and and what are you going to have? If someone came into your home and killed your family, do you think you might become a terrorist? What would it take for someone to become a terrorist? Well, I mean, what's the difference between a terrorist and a, you know, a freedom fighter? Exactly. Um, but my point is is that you know, if you are going to take innocent lives, I cannot think of anything that would drive me to revolution faster mm-hmm. yeah. than, than someone killing my family. Yeah, I mean, yeah. basically, uh, the U.S. is trying to to kill basically people uh, that are um, against Americans, but or against the American government. Uh, but the American government is going in and killing. You know, they're actually committing terrorism <laughs> by definition. Yeah, um, the wholesale murder and right. And believe me, I have no sympathy for terrorists for for true terrorists that go around. Yeah. And they try to make a political point or affect uh, foreign policy by killing innocent civilians. Now, that's what we define terrorists as, correct? Yeah, I don't have any sympathy for our politicians either. Right. And by that same definition, how can you possibly have any respect for our politicians? Well, will vote I mean, they are the terrorists. They are performing you know, At least the ones that have voted for these. And yet they know, call people defending their own countries from invasion terrorists correct right and that's that's not terrorism that's not terrorism that's that's asymmetrical warfare that's what you do your people your country yeah and what if the tide i mean i just always imagine you know if this were reversed you know let's just say that you know we've got we've got some bad stuff going on in texas and uh the chinese you know they're they're gonna help make us right um they're going to come over here with about uh, 500,000 pounds of ordnance and drop it on Dallas, where we believe the terrorists are holed up. Now, never mind the fact that, you know, we may lose, you know, a few thousand civilians or 10,000 civilians in Dallas. You know, we should be thankful to the Chinese for bombing the hell out of that and taking out the bad guys. Mm. Under what world you know, would, would anyone possibly think that that's just somebody? You know, might ask the question: Are we actually trying to kill the terrorists, or are we trying to create more terrorists to excuse our action actions overseas? Um, if we create more terrorists, it gives them a reason to be overseas and to do all the horrible things that we're doing in the first place. Does that help fund a military-industrial complex? Right. Yeah. See, somebody's profit. I think if the politicians were so stupid as to believe that the policies that, that have been failing for the last 50 years will start suddenly start working, if they were that stupid, they wouldn't be able to rip us off so effectively through graft. You know, I don't think it's the politicians and, so much as the people who um, are pulling the strings behind them. I mean, the, the people are voting... The dumb, the dumb people, okay, which is most mm-hmm. of the people in the United States and around the world, are voting for other dumb people. But who's mm-hmm. actually pulling the strings behind it? Right. And I agree with that. Um, I think it's a big part of it's probably the military-industrial complex, the people who are profiting off of war. 
Yeah, well, basically, amongst other industries, it's right. uh, George Carlin called it the club. You know, it's a big club, and you're not in it. Who's in it? The politicians, the people running the major corporations, the people running the movie studios, the people yep. running the media, the people running the Federal Reserve Bank. The bankers are like the founding members of the club. Right. Yeah, no. and uh, somebody it's a has a big club, and you're not in it. Exactly there, there is the fact of funding, and and if you are lending money to both sides, um, then you are going to profit. Right, you will always profit, and that's what Eisenhower warned us against. Uh, I suspect that Eisenhower probably knew more about the military-industrial complex than any other sitting president we've ever had. Probably knew more going into the job. That's probably a better way of putting it. Would you agree? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that George Washington probably had a more encyclopedic uh, knowledge of the military-industrial complex of his day. True. Because it was probably much smaller in those days. Yeah. Um, There wasn't that much to know, but I'm sure he was very, very knowledgeable and it, it surprises me that he spoke up against it because usually these guys don't. Yeah. And, you know, if they do, they end up like Kennedy. But well, I, if you want to get elected, support the military industrial complex. Absolutely. Support the entertainment industry. And if you yeah. support liberty, don't. But we're out of time. I want to thank you all for joining us here on Free Talk Live. We're here every night from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern, 365 days a year. As always, give us a call. Let us know what's on your mind. And we thank you for listening. This is Free Talk Live. Are you concerned that liberty, free market economics, and the values that made America great are no longer taught in schools? Well, so am I. So I got my son the Tuttle Twins children's book series. My name is Jack, and I'm 11 years old, and I just started the Tuttle Twins. So far, I have learned that some people can use the government to ruin the economy and destroy people's businesses. Give all the young people in your life a chance at reason and clear thought, because they're not going to get it at school. There are nine books in the series, and each one teaches a set of ideas that children aren't getting elsewhere. Go to TuttleTwins.com and use coupon code FTL to get 40% off. Again, that's TuttleTwins.com.